3: Hello welcome to the Friday edition of our Mason Brew podcast, our interview segment as you have been getting used to every week here as we roll through the football season. We're into week four already, Michigan's third game of the year coming up Saturday against Wisconsin. We're here recording here on Thursday evening uh, for our Friday show and a uh, special guest this week as there is every week when we do these, uh, these Friday interviews. We're going to go back behind enemy lines. Last week was kind of a bye week did some stuff uh, we did the, the discussion with Braylon Edwards. now we're back on schedule with uh, and we're gonna keep it in the family this week the SB nation family so to speak. Uh, my guest is Tyler hunt from Bucky's fifth quarter. he's the writer and podcast manager over there that's SB Nation's Wisconsin Badger site Tyler
4: what's going on? not too much ready to get to Camp Randall and uh, and see how this top 15 matchup plays out. so okay, you'll, you'll be at the game Saturday. I will be. My family uh, has been has been season ticket holders for a long time, um, so you know, obviously, we're excited. This is probably one of the bigger games uh, in in recent years, probably since the last time you guys came to Camp Randall. Um, last year, the the schedule for the Badgers at home was brutal. We didn't have any really big games other than Nebraska, uh, so it'll be it'll be good to see Camp Randall rocking once again.
3: Yeah, that's kind of what stinks about how the Big Ten schedules right now is that. One year, like in Michigan's case, this year they have Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State all at home, and then next mm-hmm. year they'll have. They don't play Notre Dame, but they'll have both. It's just the home schedules are either great or they suck. There is no in between. Yeah. Um yep. So first questions here, here before we get into the football talk, what's a guy got to do to get like a, a case or a six pack of spotted cows set, sent to like
4: the Detroit area? You know, I'm sure. I think you can make it happen. Um, obviously, if you have friends in Wisconsin, that always helps, <laughs> um, because you can not only get it here, and and they are pretty strict about it. Uh, I actually live just over the border in uh, Iowa. It's you know Dubuque is right on the Wisconsin Iowa border, and we had a uh, we had a liquor store here in in across the enemy across the border in Iowa that was trying to sell spotted cow and they got a huge fine. So they are pretty strict about it. Um, but I think as long as it's bought. In state and sent sent uh, across the border, that's fine. So if you've got connections, um, I would I would certainly use them.
3: Okay, yeah. Earlier this summer, I have family in Minnesota, so I actually went out there earlier this summer and pretty much did a a driving tour of the Midwest. And actually stopped in Madison overnight one of those days. So I should have. Very nice. It's it's my own fault. I should have taken care of that (laughs) on my own. But okay, let's talk about this game on Saturday. Like you said, a a top fifteen matchup. Really, it seems like. Um, you know, with the exception of that 2017 game, these last couple matchups, and this is a place where Michigan goes, and they haven't won at Camp Randall since 2001, but it seems like in this era of Jim Harbaugh, Paul Crist, both of these teams are usually pretty good when they've met. So it's going to be mm-hmm. exciting um, from your point of view. And we want to, since we are behind enemy lines here, Sure. Why don't you give us the elevator pitch or some background on what you've seen from the Badgers this uh, so far this season, offense, defense, obviously, um, as, as I said in your podcast uh, earlier in the week, I'm a Central Michigan guy. So uh, that the the butt whipping was pretty thorough and pretty impressive <laughs> there, but you did it to uh, South Florida too. So what have you seen in both of those games on both sides of the ball?
4: Yeah, I think on you know on both sides of the ball so far. Obviously, when you have back-to-back shutouts, you're obviously doing something right on defense. Granted, like you said, it was was Central Michigan and South Florida. I know a lot of fans are reading into you know back-to-back shutouts, but I think you still have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt. Uh, but really, on the defensive side, it's it's been a, a huge help to be healthy. Uh, last year on the defensive line, there were some injuries uh, to, to some key guys that really hurt the team. And you know when you're not strong in the front. It usually hurts, you know, the linebacking core, which was pretty solid last year. But, you know, they didn't have a lot of help in front of them because of injuries. And then the secondary was so young that, you know, it, it all kind of fell apart from there. So, so far, uh, that's been the biggest thing on defense is being healthy. The secondary, you know, having a, another year uh, under their belt. Obviously, when they when we these two played last year, uh, most of the secondary was still pretty young and fresh. We we were playing freshmen in the secondary um, or inexperienced sophomores in a lot of those positions uh, in the passing game, and I think you kind of saw that. And then on the offensive side, it's really been getting back to uh, what Wisconsin is good at: and running the football, you know, throwing the ball in play action, and being you know just crisp and attention to detail. So far, the Badgers uh, haven't committed a lot of penalties uh, and turnovers. Uh, has has been a zero so far. Knock on wood. Uh, so I think just attention to detail and being crisp uh, in the game it, it has been huge. Anytime you you take care of the ball and keep it in your own hands, especially for Wisconsin, it is huge. And then you know keeping the penalties under control, which is usually a staple for Wisconsin, that that wasn't a staple for them last year. So all all of that has made you know the Badgers have a, an improved start to the season.
3: Yeah, what a novel concept do what you do right. on offense really well, take care of the football <laughs> and execute the plays that you have. And that's something from the Michigan standpoint, uh, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's been right. sloppy. There have been a lot of penalties. And and this is kind of a perfect segue into the next question I have here is, from the Wisconsin point of view, are there any worries that a bye week, you know, after you've played so well the first two weeks of the year, maybe cools you down, uh, coupled with the idea that, Michigan has underperformed, and they've been sloppy, and they've had a lot of you uh, really, if you go look at their film, it's been self-inflicted wounds. So um, certainly with the thought that, hey, maybe that team needed a bye week to get itself on track and and clean some of those things up. Uh, what are the worries from the Badgers side of things?
4: You know, I think I think there's always that possibility that the bye week can can kill some momentum that you had. Obviously, you you want to if you're rolling, you want to keep going, you want to keep playing. You know, every every team would be that way. I think the worry about the bye week is is more so in the fans for for Wisconsin. When you t- you know, I was at the the presser on Monday for the Badgers, and yeah, a lot of the guys were asked about that, and you know, they didn't seem too worried about it. Obviously, you know, and you won't really tell until until you take the field on Saturday and see what they output. So for them. I think it's something where it's kind of kind of out of their control. I think fans are a little more worried about that aspect uh, simply because th- that's just human nature. As a football fan when you're rolling you want to keep playing, you want your guys to keep going and you expect the same results and, and you know that's just not how it works in, in college football. So obviously the fans, you know, that's more of a concern. The players seem ready to go. I think the bye week um, while it did maybe slow some momentum down, I think it really helped on the injury front. The Badgers have some guys uh, banged up that I think really benefited from an extra week. Um, you know, offensive lineman Logan Bruss is still questionable, but I, I don't think there was any chance if this game was played last week that he would have been even questionable or in there at all. Same kind of goes for outside linebacker Isaiah Green May, who's, who's a lanky pass rusher on the opposite side of Zach Vaughn, is still questionable, but like I said, I don't think he would have it able to go last week. So the bye week certainly helped in that regard. Um, so, Overall, you, you you can look at it from that way, and, and that it kills some momentum, but it also benefits. So that so there's a trade-off uh, to taking that week off, but it's kind of out of their control, and we'll see what happens when they take the field. So
3: yeah, at least from my point of view, it seems like when you have a team that has shown it can execute well, going up against a team that through two games hasn't shown it can execute well, um, whether or not you think the team that hasn't played well might be more talented. I think, you, from my pin, you know, my point of view, um, you sort of have to give the edge to the team that shows it, it can take care of business and do what it needs to do. So uh, that's certainly something to watch. Uh, speaking of executing offensively, a big part of what Wisconsin does offensively and why they've been so good is because, shocking, Jonathan Taylor is a Heisman candidate, and he's really, really good. And now it seems like he can they're going to let him catch the football out of the backfield too. So he's even more dangerous in that regard. But um, is there a scenario where this Badger offense can still be successful if Michigan finds a way to slow Jonathan Taylor down? And I'll add, the, I'll add this, that I think there's more of a chance that they just, not, not let him go off, but just kind of let him get his here and there and they focus on mm-hmm. everything else.
4: Yeah, and I and I would agree with that assessment. I mean, obviously, he broke onto the scene two years ago, and, and since he came out in that first game, he's he's been dominating offenses or opposing defenses uh, for the last two seasons. So you know what you're going to get with Jonathan Taylor, and and really, I think if you're an op- opposing defense, you can you can just hope to contain him uh, and limit his plays and limit his big, you know, big big huge runs or busting off that way. Um, obviously, if Wisconsin wants to be successful without Jonathan Taylor, it's obviously a hard situation, but that, that, would, that would apply to any Wisconsin team because they run the ball so well. Um, I think for them to be successful if, if Jonathan Taylor you know, gets limited would be to, to sustain some of those drives. Last year, when you look at the game uh, for the Badgers, they, they really struggled to, to keep those drives going. I think they were 2 of 11 on third down. Uh, against Michigan last year, so obviously th- that's just not going to get it done. And then throwing the ball, uh, they were seven for twenty. Uh, so obviously you couldn't when you when you play that way, it's just not going to happen. And obviously the score uh, results showed that. So I think the big thing for the Badgers is going to be sustaining those drives uh, and keeping the opposing offense uh, off the field. But that's kind of the model the Badgers have been going for uh, for the past decade plus. When you look at Wisconsin last year. Uh, in the eight games that they won, they won the time of possession battle, uh, and in the four game or five games they lost, excuse me, they, they lost the time of possession battle in four of them. So you can kind of see how that correlates, and where the Badgers have to have to sustain drives and uh, keep the opposing offense to limited opportunities. And obviously, you do that with Jonathan Taylor, but you also do that with converting on third downs and hitting some of those key passes, uh, which they didn't do last year. So if they're able to do that. Uh, it obviously takes some pressure off JT that way. All
3: right, well, we certainly have more to discuss here, but before we get back into it with Tyler, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com.
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: And we're back here on the Nazan Brew podcast on a Friday talking to Tyler Hunt of Bucky's fifth quarter, SB Nation's uh, Wisconsin Badgers site. Uh, we've been talking about the offense. We've been talking about two teams coming off the bye week. Let's move to the other side of the ball now. Uh, defensively, it's, when these two teams played in Ann Arbor last year, it seemed that uh, the Badgers were young and a little bit depleted. Um, but how improved are they, and what's changed on that side of the ball from the last time these two teams met?
4: Yeah, I think they're. I, I think they're tremendously improved. Um, like I touched on a little bit earlier, the health has been a big thing, um, especially on the defensive line. Last year, they were without. Isaiah Loudermilk and uh, Garrett Rand at the defensive end positions, and those guys are just big, you know, big, strong guys that really get some push uh, on the defensive line. And without those guys, some other guys were put into roles that j- they just weren't ready for. Um, and then, obviously, uh, in the at the, the nose tackle position, they they lost Alive Sagapulu later in the year, and I think that just compounded a defense that was struggling and trying to trying to find their identity. Um, unfortunately for Wisconsin, their starting nose tackle, uh, Bryson Williams, will be out. And he, he played some really good games the first two weeks. Uh, but thankfully, the backup reserve, uh, he's a true freshman named Keanu Benton, has played uh, a good amount of snaps in those first two games. They rotated him in pretty well. Um, and so far, he's been up to the challenge. Now, obviously, that'll be a, a different challenge when you're going against a star, you know, four-star, five-star guys on, on Michigan's offensive line. Um, so he's going to have to step up, but he's a big, strong kid in, in the middle. Uh, so we'll see what we get out of him uh, at that position. At the linebacking core, you know, we we lost a lot of guys from last year's team Ryan Connolly, Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, glue guys that were, that were huge to the Badgers run in 2017. Uh, but they've been replaced by some guys that. The national media and, and players, out, people outside of Wisconsin, probably don't know, uh, but they're they're looking for that uh, that big game to to showcase their talents. Uh, guys like Chris Orr, uh, he's probably the most well known uh, to opposing fan bases. He he's played a, a little bit, and obviously the Orr name is strong in Wisconsin because both his uh, brothers uh, played here at UW. And then you've got Zach Bond, who's probably the Badgers. You know, best overall defensive player, a pass rusher. He's he's worked hard uh, to to get to this point, and he he'll probably be the the key to that game. Uh, and then, like you said, the secondary is a young group, but the, I think they've taken a stride from their year one, where a lot of them are freshmen and sophomore, into their year two, where now they're sophomores and juniors uh, with a lot of experience and a lot of depth. Uh, so those things all add up to a better defense, but they they still haven't been quite tested. Uh, enough to really say this defense is really good like the 2017 one or this defense is maybe not not any good like the like the 2018 one so we're still kind of waiting to see that Um, but Jim Jim Leonard is an excellent defensive coordinator I think he's one of the best in the game and I think he'll be a great head coach someday Um, so he's just as long as he gets those guys in the right position I think they will be an improved unit from 2018.
3: This isn't in the rundown, but it's something that popped into my head. Uh, where's, sure. where's the Wisconsin fan base on Paul Christ? Just in general, the job he's done and, and where the
4: program's at. Sure. I think, you know, 2018, obviously a little bit of doubt from certain segments of the fan base started to creep in because I, over the last decade plus, you know, they're used to Wisconsin winning nine, 10 games and, and being that surprise team. Uh, I personally, I, I have full confidence in Paul Christ. I've, I think I love the job he's done. Um, last year, the offense kind of struggled. and I think it got stale. Uh, it wasn't quite what Paul Chris' offense used to be with you know the jet sweeps and the motions and, and all the moving parts. They've kind of gotten back to that. And I think when you come out and win your first two games, 100 to 10 to zero, that doubt that maybe started to creep in kind of goes away. And maybe just 2018 was an outlier. Um, because, you know, you're used to that standard of success. But I think right now the, the confidence is still pretty high. Um, I think Paul Christ is great for Wisconsin, obviously. He played at Wisconsin. He's from this area. I, I wouldn't uh, want anyone else leading the program. Uh, that's, that's obtainable, obviously. If you could have, you know, huge, huge name guys like that, maybe you would. But Wisconsin isn't going to land those huge names. So I, I wouldn't choose anyone else uh, over Paul Christ to lead this team right now.
3: And what's it like to um, just the way the Big Ten is kind of constructed right now? Like, more often than not, it's kind of, and I can't, I certainly can't speak to this from Michigan's point of view. They haven't won the Big Ten since 2004, but more often than not, like, since um, the last time Wisconsin won the Big Ten was 2012, since then, Mm -hmm. every champ has, every Big Ten champ has come out of the East. So, what's, is there any frustration there about, Really, not just, not. I guess not how Paul Crist is done per se, but more like how the Big Ten is constructed and how everything, maybe there does need to be some alignment there. Does, do Wisconsin fans feel like they're a little bit lost in the shuffle there?
4: I think so. I, I think that's kind of an identity that uh, Wisconsin is, is almost kind of used to, though. I mean, w- Wisconsin's thrived on being that overlooked team um, and then surprising people and winning 9 10. 11, even 12 games, you know, the last time they were uh, in the Big Ten twi- uh, championship against Ohio State. Um, and obviously when they were that big preseason favorite and people, you know, picking them, you know, to go to the playoff, you saw how quickly that crumbled. So I think there's, there's some people that have you know looked at, at the conference as a whole and wanted realignment. I'm, I personally don't think I have a, a strong opinion either way. I think the divisions make sense, you know, geography. Wise, But at the same time, would I like to see some some balance of power? Sure. I, I think I think you can argue both ways. But overall, I don't think Wisconsin fans are, are too worried about it. But I think they're certainly uh, overlooked and can get lost in that shuffle. But at the same time, they're kind of used to that. Okay. Well, I,
3: just something I thought about. Um, we'll go back yeah, to the, Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. We'll, we'll get back to the script here. <laughs> uh, what do Wisconsin <laughs> fans... How do I put this? What's kind of the vibe about Michigan right now from a Wisconsin point of view? Do people feel like this is a sleeping giant that you know maybe there's a little bit worry about poking the bear? Do people feel like they're overrated? Um, I guess what I is there confidence right now? is it is there fear of what might happen Saturday or is it maybe a mixture of both little column A little column B.
4: Sure. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, I think the biggest confidence is that the Badgers came out strong those first two weeks and sh- showed, hey, we're not, we're not the the 2018, 2018 team that you know that we that we saw last year. Um, I think that breathed a lot of confidence back into the fan base that you know, like I said, it was, that maybe 2018 18 was an outlier. And then I think the confidence, you know, adding on to that is that the game is at Camp Randall. I mean. Obviously you know the Badgers have, have beaten Michigan the last four times they've they've came uh, to camp Randall and and that's always a huge advantage uh, to, to be in that stadium and in that environment. I think if the game were at Michigan, uh, I, there would be, probably be some different thoughts that way uh, because obviously the big house in Ann Arbor is a really tough play, place to play too. Um, so I think confidence lies with that. I think it sort lies with the good start and, and being at home because obviously that's huge for the Badgers, but I think there's also a little bit of fear um because obviously like you said this this team could come alive. They're full of four-star and five-star guys. They're full of a new offense with a lot of playmakers where all of a sudden if that if that comes alive, is Wisconsin you know going to going to be able to adjust and hang in there. Um I think part of that is because Wisconsin has had so many Tough losses over the years, you know, especially when they're on the road. Obviously, when you're at home, it's it's a less of an issue. But I think just that creep, creep of doubt is always going to be there for Wisconsin fans because they suffered from from some of these games. But overall, I would say it's a mixture um, where where they're confident in going into the game, but it's still kind of a wait and see at this point.
3: All right, well, this is the last question, but it's a two-parter, so I'll go
4: one part sure. at a time. Wisconsin wins this game if and fill in the blank. I think Wisconsin wins this game if they control the temple and kind of keep doing what they've been doing the uh, the last two weeks. you know, and I was at the pre at big Ten media days uh, earlier, you know in the preseason. I, I had a chance to ask Joel Qu- Clad a question about Wisconsin and he said, you know, what the Badgers need to do to get back to what they were doing is, is be Wisconsin. And I think that kind of has stuck with me uh, since I, since I left there, I think the Badgers, you know, they've got to run the ball. Obviously, J- Jonathan Taylor's going to be your key offense. That's not a surprise to anyone. And then I think they've got to sustain drives and then they've got to get points out of those. Uh, the one thing also is that the special teams has kind of struggled and the kicking game. Hasn't been great. So, if you're sustaining those drives, I think you have to at least convert them into points. Um and I think like like I said earlier, you got to you've got to win the time of possession battle. I think that's going to be key um, because obviously that's a trend for Wisconsin as it always been. So Wisconsin probably wins that game if they be Wisconsin essentially.
3: All right, second part. Michigan wins this game if
4: I think Michigan wins this game if they get that offense really humming the way I think You know, I think reading Michigan, you know, obviously your guys' stuff. It doesn't sound like the offense is that far off. I think it's more, like you said, Bennett self-inflicted wounds, where all of a sudden, if that thing gets rolling and it gets corrected um, the way it's supposed to be, it it could be dangerous for the Badgers because I don't know if they're necessarily ready for those in-game adjustments that they might have to make because they haven't seen a lot of that Michigan offense when it's really firing and humming. So. Obviously you guys I don't think you guys really worry about your defense too much, and I think your defense has looked really good So it's just more so of the offense uh, Can cut down on the mistakes and clean up the sloppiness and obviously the bye week will help that so I think Michigan wins the game if they get that offense humming and if they um, You know adjust to that road environment obviously like I said Camp Randall is a tough place to play and I know Michigan Against ranked teams on the road it's always been a, a kind of an Achilles heel but uh, if they do that, I, I think the Badgers could all of a sudden, you know, kind of get caught in surprise mode where they're where they're trying to adjust. And if they don't adjust and make those corrections, it, it could be something where it falls apart for them.
3: Okay. Well, I don't. I'm not going to do the score prediction thing, but I guess this will be kind <laughs> of a fill in the blank on your end. Like any final sure. thoughts on this matchup? How you how you see things playing out? And uh, I guess. Yeah, just more final thoughts on your end and what, what you think sure. will happen in Saturday's game.
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be tight and low scoring. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes the Badgers a quarter to get back going, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if Michigan came out firing, obviously the way people want to. It's just a matter of if that happens, keeping, you know, Keeping them with a with a chance to strike and, and keeping them in the ball game is going to be important if, if that's how it plays out. But quite honestly, you know, coming into this game, you know, these other than last year, these two teams have always played tight, and I could see this you know final score and scenario going a bunch of different ways. I could see the Badgers winning handily and and everybody kind of being surprised. I could see the Badgers winning close, but I could also see Michigan winning handily, uh, and I could also see Michigan winning close. So it's it's kind of interesting in that dynamic where both teams, it could go either way. Um, so I think it'll be tight, and it's going to come down to one or two possession or one or two plays, and whoever makes those plays is probably going to come away with a with a huge Big Ten win.
3: I think I would agree with most of that. I, I can see pretty much <laughs> this is one of those games where I think all options are on the table uh, in terms yeah, of what exactly. could happen on, on either side of the spectrum. And Me personally, I think a bit, the biggest key to this game is now, I could see both teams maybe coming out a little bit slow, but that if one of them gets off to a hot start and maybe scores quick, I think there's a chance mm-hmm. it could snowball um on either yep. direction. So, but again, this is like uh, you know, peering into the crystal ball and seeing all possible futures. like literally everything I think is on the table here. and that's I think what uh, what makes it so intriguing and and uh, for fans on both side of it, maybe Michigan fans a little bit more a little bit scary too. so. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up here, but before we do that, uh, where can they find you on Twitter, Tyler?
4: Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is t- at Tyler L Hunt, and then of course, you know, all my stuff is uh, on Bucky's Fifth Quarter dot com. Um, the Twitter handle for us over there is at B five Q, and obviously, obviously, this game has been a huge one uh, for us, and I think we put out some tremendous content. Uh, that isn't overly biased. So if you're looking for uh, you know a good preview of the game from a Wisconsin perspective, uh, that if you're looking for more than than what you've gotten from me today, I think there's a lot of great stuff over there., uh, so be sure to check it out. and if you're if you're coming to the game, any Michigan fans, I, I hope you enjoy Camp Randall. Um, I say I know when opposing fans come in the stadium, sometimes it can get hostile, but I think everyone in in Madison will will welcome you to open arms. and I, I hope you enjoy Camp Randall. It's an awesome experience. So,
3: yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, we're talking two great Big Ten cities. Like these are probably the two best, Madison, and Ann Arbor. So oh, yeah, uh, be exciting. Yep. And Michigan, at least their coaches are expecting Wisconsin fans to be kind of lubed up and ready to go, despite the fact it's a 11 a.m. kickoff uh, out that way. So uh, that's never stopped anyone <laughs> yeah. before. We only get a we get a finite number of home football games uh, on each side, so uh, that won't exactly. stop anyone from being out there at six, seven o'clock in the morning. I'm sure. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, Wisconsin fans don't need that much of a reason to drink. So this will be <laughs> this will be a plenty, give them plenty to do, and I, they have no problem getting up early and, and you know getting ready for this game. But it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, it will be fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, so that's been our Friday edition of the show. As always, you can find our shows wherever you get them, uh, whether it's Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, Megaphone, wherever. And if there's a place you don't have it and, and like to have it, let us know. We'll get it up there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Anthony T. Broom. Follow Mason Brew on Twitter, at Mazin Brew. Like us on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram. That's going to do it for us today. We'll talk to you after the game on Saturday.
0: Your sports team is not inferior. That simple thing to plainly obvious to see. We're going to kick your call like a posterior. She realize we're speaking figuratively Our stats are thoroughly impressive Our coach really has the might of touch Our players are fast and strong and brave And your guys yeah. not so much In fact we've played teams across the nation And you're the worst one we've come across Try to assimilate that information And it just might help you cope with your impending loss So oh, and if somehow we are still failing To effectively articulate the points at hand Allow us now to summarize them in a manner that your feeble brains can understand We're great We're And great. you suck, you suck. We're, great. We're great And you suck We're great, great. and you suck. You You see, there's us, and then there's you. You suck. We're really, really great. great. In contrast, you really really suck. Okay, full disclosure, we're not that great, but nevertheless. Suffer swift defeat That theory's backed up by empirical evidence We're gonna grind up Your guys into burger meat Again, of course, we're speaking in the Figurative sense What's the use of even going through the motions When you know that you're gonna lose anyhow So why don't you
1: save us all some time And give up now You